I, I was trying to say PP in chat, but I think I made a separate chat titled PP. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Friends Who Like Stuff Top 5. I'm John. And I'm James. And each week we'll share a new top five based on the stuff we like. This week we're getting musical with our top five cover songs. And the third chair is being filled by our dear friend who also likes stuff. It's me, Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, Scott. Call me friend. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just what are you doing right. What are you doing right now? Um, Moving around in his squeaky chair. Did y'all yeah. see the um, announced aliens today? You mean Mexico? Yeah. Yeah. I did see that on Reddit right before <laughs> I got here. It was one of the top things. I did not see that. <laughs> you didn't see? No. They unveiled like alien bodies that they had found. They looked like E.T. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, so uh, as already mentioned this week, we are going to list our top five cover songs. And these are songs that were originally recorded by one artist or group and reinterpreted by another. But there actually is very little consensus on what makes a cover different from a remake or really even if it, if it has to be a different artist. Uh, like, can, a, can an artist cover their own song if they reinterpret it themselves? What do you guys think? Is there an example of an artist that has redone their own song? Yeah, the first one that I thought of, I think the most prominent one in my mind is Layla. So like uh, Eric Clapton did it with Derek and the Dominoes, and then he did mm -hmm. it again uh, solo. And the the first one was, it was a rock and roll tune, very high energy. And then the, the acoustic version that he did, uh, very, very slow, more ballad, completely different feel. Yeah, I don't know. Because then I, I feel that... So, are we coming to the consensus... Like, we're trying to come to this consensus. Are we saying it has to be different? Like, is that what... Or are we just... Are, are we saying that it needs to be done by another artist and be different? Well, I'm asking you what you think. We don't have I'm, to decide anything because I, nobody has decided anything. People are, are arguing about that. No, we need we need to come up with something definitive here. You're waiting on share us. with everybody else. Oh, well, I mean, okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> then I don't know. So if it's a, so here's the deal. If the song is different and they redid it, I think that might even be more of a cover than somebody who redoes the same song the same way. Okay, and so that's another argument that people are having. That's the difference between a cover and a remake. So a remake can be done by a different artist, but it's just rebuilding the same thing. It's it's not really reinterpreting it. It is um, trying to be as accurate to the original as possible. But there's, think, but there's also no consensus on that. Yeah, well, here's the deal. Y'all two are actually musicians, and I just have a podcast but so you like my music. opinion probably matters a little i do like music oh man if we <laughs> if this was a music podcast we'd, we'd be talking about music a lot <laughs> <laughs> That's so, right. so scott what do you think i don't know i mean i feel like 
the cover and remake is I feel like it's more everything's a cover and it's just there's different categories. There's a category of cover that is to try and like just be faithful to the original version and to just like recreate it. There's a type of cover that tries to make it your own or redo it. There's covers that just like strip it down to like just the lyrics. I found a lot of covers that were just like just an acoustic and them singing the song, the mm-hmm. lyrics. Mm-hmm. I so love those. I feel like cover and remake is almost interchangeable. It's just there's different genres of a cover. Okay. Well, so do you know the origin of the cover song? Was it by James P. Cover? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so back in what, like the 50s or 60s or so, uh, cover cover songs were songs that came out right about the same time that the original sing- song came out uh, as a competing song. And so that's when you would get like Bob Dylan's All Along the Watchtower and then Jimi Hendrix came out pretty well immediately after and it became the definitive version of the song, but it was technically the cover. So they were they were... They were putting them out as competition to so cover like, were they the other trying one, to, to cover the other over? one up, basically. But the writer of the song, you know, he made bank either way. Hmm. Oh, and I can't remember what it is, but there is at least one instance of the writer of a song being the cover artist because the original version of the song was not performed by him. But then he did his own version of the song later, so he was the cover artist, even though he was the lyricist. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I, I wish I could remember. But we're not uh, talking about all that. We're we're just gonna list them because the lists we, are what's fun. Well, you think that, but I, as we speak, I'm editing the Wikipedia page. <laughs> so we are making this definition right here right now you heard it here first folks (laughs) all right scott why don't you go ahead and uh, get us going with your number five um are these in any particular order five four three two one you know what but like are we doing best to work or worst not worst but we're we're starting with five but here's a real (laughs) here's a real thing okay like a lot of us don't necessarily have like a definitive spot for something. Like I have five favorite, like I could probably narrow something down to five favorite. I'm not sure that I could narrow it down like between there. It's just a crapshoot. And so it's okay if your number five might also be your number three, but it's sometimes it's a number four. Okay. So just, just saying I'm throwing that out there. So don't feel bad and feel like you're locked in forever just because it's, it's the songs will feel now. bad if I didn't put them in the right order. Yeah. Um, all right, so my number five is got to be one from from my favorite band, Killers. They covered Duran Duran's Romeo and Juliet. Do y'all know that one? I'm pretty sure it's the, by Duran Duran. The one that Taylor Swift's also covered? Did she cover it? <laughs> no. Marry me. No. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, like no, me. not Duran Duran. Dire Straits. Dire Straits. Okay. Ah, oh, dingus. I don't know why I thought it was Duran Duran. But yeah, no, Dire Straits is Romeo and Juliet, and the Killers covered it. So when I first heard it, I didn't know the song. It was on um, a Killers album called Sawdust, which I think was just kind of an album of either some covers that they did and also some songs that didn't make it to their um, studio albums. And I just really liked it. And then one day I was listening to Spotify and the original version came up and I was like, what? But it's a it's a sweet song. Nice. 
I'll, I'll have to give it a listen. We need to make a playlist and send it out to everybody. Ooh, we should. We'll put it in Ooh. the uh, we'll put it in the notes. Juliet, <laughs> the dice was loaded from the start. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and go next. So Kendra Morris is an artist that feels like she belongs in a time long past, right? She, she has a really groovy R and B style and she has more soul than her lack of melanin should allow. In 2013, uh, she put out an incredible album of just covers called Mockingbird. And since then it has been consistently in my Spotify rotation because almost every track is, is just great. She covers Bowie, Pink Floyd, Radiohead, Soundgarden, and even Metallica with a super transformative cover of Ride the Lightning. It's really great. But my number five cover is the only song on my list tonight that... I wasn't already familiar with before I heard it. And it's probably also the closest song to the original on her album. And it's the Charmels, As Long As I've Got You. So the Charmels were a female soul quartet in the 60s. And I think they put only they only put out like four singles. And Morris's cover uh, definitely updated it, but still was pretty true to the original. And it's clear where she gets some of her inspiration. The song perfectly captures her talents and her style. And it's just so, so good. So that's uh, Kendra Morris, As Long As I Have You, originally by the Charmels. Nice. That's great. I have to listen to it. I know it. It'll be on the playlist. All right. My number five is an older song, or the original is, is an older song. It was written by J. Fred Coots and... Haven Gillespie and composed in 1934. And this is during the great depression. Um, it was actually the first time it was performed was during, uh, a radio show in November of, of that same year, 1934. And it, um, whenever I was going through songs that I loved the covers of, I tried to go with ones that were super impactful, not only to me, but also to just society in general. And this song really did a good job of reinforcing some some stereotypes that are even exemplified now. But the song was Santa Claus is Coming to Town. <laughs> and the cover that I'm talking about, Josh is going to be so happy, <laughs> is this Bruce Springsteen cover. Oh, I thought you were going Mariah Carey. No, not yet. Michael Jackson is the, the best one. Yeah, but... Wait, to Mariah Carey, I'm thinking of... The Jackson but 5? whenever you're listening, no, you're thinking of uh, yeah. all I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> all I want. Oh, yeah. She actually. So when I was looking up covers, and for some reason I'm that came up as a cover, day. like she she covered her own song, I guess. Um, but anyway, the Bruce Springsteen version has soul. It has um feeling. He definitely made it his own, especially that live version that always comes on during the the season. And I know Michael Jackson did it, and he did it well, but I would say the one that has endured throughout the years and has had a big impact on radio Christmas time is Bruce Springsteen's version. That's a good one. I like that version a lot. I'm, I'm not going to argue with that, but I might argue with whether or not that's a cover. Ooh. Because... 
do we know what was who, who who did you say wrote it i think santa claus wrote it coots and gillespie so is is theirs the first known recording of it it said it was first performed in 1934 and there are a ton of covers so it's tough to there's, call there's something Bing, there's sinatra there's buble it's it's tough to call a song that wasn't necessarily first known by its performance a cover if it was something that uh was only ever played live uh, and became a well-known song like yankee doodle dandy but bing crosby uh, did it okay <laughs> i stand corrected touche what's your number four that was, that was what 50s <laughs> That was in the 40s or 50s. I get I get both sides so of even this. If, I mean, I'm not going to tell you to do another number five. Let's but. see if we can find an original version. Is that what you're asking? <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Coots and Gillespie? I can look it over right now. <laughs> what are we looking for here? Right. You're asking the non-music um, guy to find some music. <laughs> I'm going to find some music, okay? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm being... I'm being con- controversial and you're being uh, facetious a little bit no i'm not being facetious <laughs> scott but i am being a little combatant <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a little combatant just a little bit yeah oh was that it did you have more that's it i don't have okay, any more ahead, scott. okay my number four <laughs> was written by um a little guy named oh i don't mean that in an offensive way uh, but Paul Simon, he wrote a song called The Boxer, and I've always been a big fan of that song. And Mumford and Sons covered it in their album Babel or Babel, however you want to say it. I think they say Babel in the album, but I'm a big fan of Simon and Garfunkel. I love the poetry of their lyrics and um, The Boxer was I was late to the game with Simon and Garfunkel, but um I mean, you weren't born yet, so yeah. it's okay. <laughs> but this was another one where I knew the Mumford and Sons version um, first and would listen to that song all the time. I just something about it I just really enjoy, just the melodies and the words. And I just, I've always thought it was a pretty song. And then when I found out it was by them, I listened to that version. I loved it too. But I've always loved Mumford and Sons version of that. I would love to see that live one day. Rock on. Mm-hmm. I was tempted to do a cover of. Um, Sound of Silence, Ooh. but I don't know if I've found a cover that I like more than the original, or as much as the original. Well, I mean, I don't think that needs to be criteria, right? But okay, uh, it, it, it's also low hanging fruit. Uh, my <laughs> number four is um, by a little man named Paul Simon. I I, I can't imagine that when folk duo Simon and Garfunkel wrote The Sound of Silence, that they'd ever think a metal band would cover it. <laughs> and I almost it would did be this. Uh, freaking amazing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so uh, it's a cover that deserves a high spot on any top covers list, Scott. And it is one that for many people, they do think it is better than the original. I don't know if I can go that far personally but i would certainly entertain the thought and as david draymond sings it you can feel his vulnerability right as his vocals build from that soft and exposed um you know uh, low range 
until he hits his signature growls uh, as the strings and the rest of the band just swell behind him. It's powerful. It is metal without being metal. So it's really accessible and it will go down as one of the great covers. It is such great. It's metal lyrics. Mm -hmm. When you think about it, I do love that cover. You were talking about the disturbed version, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. I should have said that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the sound of silence. I don't know any other cover that a metal, metal band did of that song, but didn't they do a cover of "Down with the Sickness"? Simon and Garfunkel. No. Yeah, they traded. <laughs> they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Down yeah, with yeah, the Sickness yeah. and Disturbed. Did. <laughs> so, um, mine. James is probably gonna have another problem with it. Um, <laughs> so. This one was written by uh, Billy Hayes and uh, J.W. Johnson, but it was first recorded in 1948 by Doyle Dell. You may know this one by its cover, though, of the King of Rock, and this is Blue Christmas. Mm. The sultry tones of Elvis singing... Blue Christmas is one of the iconic things um, that whenever you're growing up, you probably heard and immediately internalized. At least I did. It's the one thing that like when I think of Elvis, this is one of those songs like it goes up with there with like Hound Dog and, uh, you know, some of his other classics. The Blue Christmas. I'm, I'm blanking right now. All you know, you know, but it, it's super bluesy guitar, uh, super emotive vocals, and it's a heartfelt take on this Christmas traditional Christmas song. I mean, if you're gonna impersonate Elvis, you're gonna sing Blue Christmas, am I right? Yeah, James, is it a cover? That's 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 the secret game of this this whole episode. Is is it a cover? And the it's audience arguable. has to ask themselves, but but what is a cover? We already decided. It's, it's arguable. I'm going to change the Wikipedia to wherever my songs are. I'm going to put examples. And examples is all Christmas songs. <laughs> all right. What is your number three, Scott? Okay. My number three, when y'all told me what the topic was, I got excited because I had recently discovered one of my all-time favorite covers. It popped up on my Discover Weekly. Is originally performed by the Kinks. It's called Lola. And a band called Ripe redid it. And I fell in love with this cover. I don't know anything about that band. I haven't heard any of their other songs. But I don't know. I, I The way that they incorporated the music, they added a bunch of musical hits. They did a bunch of walking. They did some harmonies. They, in my opinion, enhanced every bit of the song to where I enjoyed it as a completely separate song. Like I still think the original has this is like obviously the original, but this version just really looks at it from a different way. And I just love listening to it. It's probably going to be in my top like stream songs of Spotify, but I, I was talking to Johnny um, who I'll play gigs with sometimes and I was like, if there's ever a context where it's appropriate to play the song, we should do this cover. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we got y'all got to listen to that. Put that on the playlist. It'll be on the playlist. It okay, is so very fun. Speaking of fun, 
my number three, uh, I love funk. And I love I love new funk a, a ton. So Corey Wong, Wolfpeck, all those guys. So when I discovered Scary Pockets, a band founded by oh, I didn't Jack think Conti about Scary of Pockets. Pomplamoose. Oh, dude, love I Scary love Pockets. Scary Pockets. Um, they only do funk covers, and I fell in love with them, and I've never looked back. And one of the earliest that I heard, and it might be the first, I can't really remember, was their cover of Mbop, featuring Lucy Schwartz. It takes a song that I was annoyed by when it came out. <laughs> And I'm still annoyed by it whenever I hear the original, but it turned it into a true bop and it still doesn't make a lick of sense, but I can't sit still when it's on. The groove is just way too contagious. It is so, so much fun. Scary pockets is great. Really are, man. Nice. And so I don't, I don't want to give the wrong impression that that is my, even my favorite cover of theirs, but it is probably the one that makes me like a song that I didn't like more than any of theirs and it was I, I really do think it was my entry into scary pockets and so i, I gotta give it some love mine was um i want it that way with um, <laughs> the guy that was on a pairing title or something casey something but uh-huh. that one was a fun cover john john so does is a uh, punk goes crunk is that a cover would you consider that a cover well, it's going to be a cover, yes. Just wondering. So, uh, for my number three, James, you'll probably be proud of this pick because uh, this one, the original at least, comes from one of the greatest musical films of all time. Uh, released in 1944, this is a song from Meet Me in St. Louis. And it okay. was originally sung by Judy Garland. Yes. And I'm not saying that the cover is better because Judy Garland singing Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is iconic to the max. It is one of those enduring classics. But there is one cover that I tend to listen to more, and that is Bing Crosby's version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Bing Crosby, at least to me, is the epitome of Christmas music. Whenever, since we were young, we watched uh, White Christmas. And so Bing Crosby's uh, vinyl is one that is consistently played throughout the holidays. And so have yourself a Merry Little Christmas by Bing Crosby. Do yourself a favor, listen to it. But also just know Judy Garland's is, is, yeah, pretty definitive. I have one question. Yes. What does this have to do with punk goes crunk? I just, that was just a question. Okay. Just, a clar- <laughs> just, a clar- just a clarifying I was like, question. what song did they do from 1944? <laughs> <laughs> no. Man, I'm, I'm sensing a theme with John's list, though. No. Uh, well, we'll see whenever we get to yeah, your, we'll your, see. your we'll one. We got two more to find out. <laughs> All right. All right. Scott. All right. I think I was talking with James about like songs that when you when you hear the word cover, you think of like songs like this. Um, so there's a really famous cover of Tom Petty's Free Falling by John Mayer. And at least my experience, everybody kind of like 
when you hear free falling it's always like oh it's not that it's not that's a great song it's have you heard john mayer's version and it is a fantastic version but is th- that is not the version that i picked um i'm doing free fallen by the almost from one of those punk goes punk albums <laughs> this one was from <laughs> punk goes classic rock but there's in in preparation for this i looked at a lot of covers just to see if anything would jog my memory and i found a couple playlists that were just cover songs and there's oftentimes when when people do a cover they usually kind of like break it down and kind of strip away everything and just focus on the lyrics um which i have no problem with those are some of my favorite ones as you'll see in a second but i love how they managed to just bring in that like mid 2000s like alt rock stuff to the song and really do it justice while still kind of like having it still capture that same emotion that the original does just in a different way um and it also reminds me of just high school like those are the types of bands that we listen to all the time so whenever i pop this one on i just crank it up to the max and um rock out to it so i highly recommend if you haven't heard to listen to the almost version of free fallen i'll listen to it as i put it on the playlist have y'all have you heard that one james never so good never and and john mayer's cover is really great that's where i heard it first i think i get oh really Mm -hmm. hey i've got a question if a cover was never like recorded on an album (laughs) is it a cover yes yes totally okay I mean, bands do covers live all the time. Yeah. Just wondering. Um, so my wife and I used to love watching So You Think You Can Dance. And for some reason, the contemporary choreographers loved working with Torch songs. And so speaking of, and I hope I'm not stepping on your toes with this one. Surely I'm not, but. Uh, the the songs that just strip away and go down to the lyrics. Um, this is an example. The so the Proclaimers didn't write an overly sentimental song in "I'm Gonna Be," 500 miles, at least musically. It's energetic and it's upbeat and it's kind of fun to clown on. Uh, it's become somewhat of a road trip meme, and. Even though I could sing most of the lyrics, the meaning feels kind of hidden behind that oddball energy. And it wasn't until I heard the stripped down Torch song cover by Sleeping At Last on So You Think You Can Dance that I truly listened to the lyrics and realized how beautiful they are. Like it is a love song, like a true love song, just wonderful. And the original is still fun, but even it now hits different that I've heard this version. And I'd say that is a pretty big accomplishment for a cover. You didn't, you didn't step on my toes at all. I love stripped down covers too. Yeah. Uh, stripped down covers are probably some of my favorite. A, a torched one is my number one. <laughs> a what, what? What you were saying, torched, stripped down? I was saying a torch song, but... Oh, I thought you were saying like torched, like they burned away everything and it stripped down. Oh. No, 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 no. Like a like a, <laughs> a, a torch song, a, a saccharine love song, overly sentimental, mm-hmm. uh, kind of lamentful, like uh, taken from uh, carrying a torch for someone. I'm I'm over three tonight. 
Yeah. <laughs> speaking speaking of all of those things and the fact that my number two is probably sung around a torch. It is, uh, this song was written, I'm trying to make it like pretty, what, what's the word? We're, we're suspenseful. I'm trying to create suspense whenever I'm doing this. And so I'm telling mm-hmm. you a little bit about the song. And I don't think Okay, anybody, just tell us that it was written in 1922. I was say, was it written in the 40s? I don't think it was, <laughs> I don't think anybody is feeling any suspense. No, this one was composed in 1847. It is definitely not a cover, bro. <laughs> Still the 40s. It is a cover. It is a cover. They're a cover. It's not maybe not a cover of the you can't original. cover sheet music. But it's a cover of somebody else's version of this song, at the very least. There are lots of people who have done this song. There are covers of covers of covers. Okay? <laughs> this is going to be this the debate was, of the it century. It was originally... <laughs> let's see if y'all can guess the song. It was he said, originally he said, he said, uh, titled... 1840 something? 1847. It was originally titled Cantique de Noël. Oh, okay. It was, it was French. And uh, he wrote the lyrics to this. And then the music was written and sung by a trained opera singer, Emily Laurie. I'm scratching my head right now. Sorry, I'm... I'm trying to make this one suspenseful. I know people aren't probably aren't feeling the suspense right now. I'm just gonna I go mean, out and you say don't, it. You don't. You is, just you just said it, dude. Yeah, I know, but some people don't know that Noel means that. That's the cantique. Does somebody know what cantique means? Scott, do you know what cantique de Noel means? Um, something in the night. Well, it's yeah. Oh, holy night. Uh, Ooh, that's a good song. It's a good song. It's stripped down. It's torched. It's also started around a torch. (laughs) Whatever this, I mean, it is a great version. And they have, so Bing Crosby's done it. Nat King Cole's done it. Celine Dion, many others. But the one that, to me, is the most powerful is the amazing Josh Groban. Josh Groban's version, whenever he hits those notes, it's like, and it just, it makes you feel the song and it makes you, it like, to me, it's probably closer to the original knowing now kind of the background of it, where it was originally sung by a trained opera singer and Josh Groban has a very theatrical voice. And I think like when I hear that, it's probably the closest thing that I could hear to the original. Unless it's sung by an actual opera lady that I haven't heard yet, so because <laughs> there's no recording of it, <laughs> I'm hold I'm holding it back, John. I'm holding it back. Actually, I changed my answer real quick. I I am what? changing my answer right now. I'm Josh Groban's going out. I'm going the South Park version. <laughs> Of all holy night. <laughs> uh, my wife hates that one so much. I bet. So now I'm going to have to put that one on the playlist. Now you're going to have to put that one on the playlist. That's number two, baby. Okay, Scott. <laughs> save it. You're number one. Uh, okay. My number one um, has a very special place in my heart. Because it's the song that played um, on our wedding day. It's the song that Aaron walked down the aisle to. Um, but it is a cover. 
by Haley Reinhardt. Um, originally sang by uh, Mr. Elvis Presley. And it's called Can't Help Falling in Love with You. Mm-hmm. Almost needs no introduction. I think it's one of the most beautiful love songs ever written. And yeah. That was a beautiful day, man. It was a beautiful yeah. day. Any oh, questions? Okay. <laughs> no. uh, so I, bet, I put my foot in my mouth a lot tonight, so I gotta. <laughs> you're you're not gonna believe this, but um, I could make an entire top five list of covers of just the song that my number one covered, and another top five of covers of the band's other songs. Right? Uh, well, collectively, not individually. But when the original was released as a single in '92. The band had no idea it would become one of the greatest songs ever, nor how much they'd grow to resent it and its success. And the hipsters will tell you that you cannot be a true fan if it's your favorite song of theirs, but just because Radiohead refuses to play Creep at their live (laughs) shows, it doesn't mean that it isn't an amazing song worth covering and by a large margin, my favorite cover of Creep, as evidenced by it being my favorite cover, period, as my number one on this list, is Postmodern Jukebox's cover featuring Haley Reinhardt on Oh, board. really? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's got that jazzy lounge lizard vibe to it, and Reinhardt's yeah. raspy voice and flawless scats just totally make it. The dynamic range is large and well utilized, and it still gives me chills every time uh, at the modulation with her belting out a note in the new key, and then the band hits. Yeah, it is inspired. I love it so much, and my number one cover ever, postmodern jukebox, creep. I like it. That's a great one. All right, James, what's your bet on if John's last one is a Christmas song or he goes off the rails? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, I think we're safe to say that that's going to happen. I feel like, yeah, yeah. I feel like he's going to go off the rails. What do you got, John? Okay, so one of one of my favorite bands and one of the bands that I have seen uh, probably most live is Penny and Sparrow. Um, Andy and, and Kyle are a Texas band um, that have really... They have such a unique sound, and, and all of their songs are sung wonderfully. The voc- I mean, Andy Baxter is one of, I, in my opinion, one of the vocalists of the modern day. He is so amazing. And their stripped-down songs, uh, just their style, uh, where it's just an acoustic style and very haunting songs, absolutely amazing. In concert, fantastic. This is a song that I heard in concert. I, I even went just did a real quick search and tried to find it and can't find it. But I've heard it two times at their concert. So it's one that they do at least somewhat regularly. Um, Mozart's Rondo a la Turca. No, no, that's <laughs> not it. Um, so 
You, you threw me off. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I should so, be apologizing. A lot of their music is heartfelt and introspective. And if you haven't heard Penny and Sparrow, I highly encourage you to go listen to them. And it, even better, if you can go to a live performance, do it. You will not be uh, sad that you did that. Um, but this one is one, and I'm, I'm just going to start by reading a couple of the, the lyrics just so that you can get an idea before I and see if you can guess the song before I say it. I'm just a bachelor. I'm looking for a partner. Someone who knows how to ride without even falling off. Gotta be compatible. Take me to my limits. And I'm not going to read any more because it starts getting more and more inappropriate. <laughs> this is Pony by Genuine. <laughs> and they do such... Hey, like it's a fantastic <laughs> cover of this song and it's one that you like I can't even explain it it is because you hear the words and you are just like oh my gosh this is they're actually doing pony and then it's but it's in their unique character and it is so great it is fantastic it is one of the best things that I've heard whenever there are two i mean it's like it's like as if i don't even know what album it would go on like it's not a punk goes album obviously but it's something and it should be something so that's my number one pony uh by genuine covered by penny and sparrow nice so i have listened to, to penny and sparrow because they were your number one on our top five bands list a uh, long time ago with Jeff. That, uh, it definitely is a departure from uh, your first four picks. Okay, you're not going to find that on Spotify, so sorry. <laughs> oh, so I'll just have to find some sort of a substitution? You'll just have to put the real version. I'll do, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do some, other, uh, some other rap turn. Some other cover? Yeah, some other rap cover turned uh singer songwriter or whatever do the gourds version of gin and juice yeah maybe do some punk rose punk goes crunk <laughs> yeah something like that actually uh, you know what my real number one is no it's yeah by usher like that's the song and the cover is by 39 thoughts oh. <laughs> just i'm just kidding first of all it's called oh yeah <laughs> dang it you fake fan I need to go. <laughs> I, I have the CD somewhere. It's not, we're on Spotify. Yeah, but you're not a real fan unless you have the, the the CD. I have the vinyl. I bet you didn't even know you had vinyl. You don't have the vinyl. No, I don't have the vinyl. <laughs> How surprised would you be, Scott, if I had... If you pull out a vinyl version vinyl. of our album that was never made? <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could make your own version of it. I do. Ha I have the CD for real, though. Good for you. Hey, uh, do you, you have any honorable mentions? Oh, do I? Okay. Yeah. Down with the sickness by <laughs> who did the cover of Down with the sickness? John John Cheese in the lounge, something. It was. It's from Dawn of the Dead. It's good. It's like it's like slow. Okay, I know I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't think I've heard earlier this. earlier you were saying that they covered their own song. I thought maybe they did. <laughs> because uh, like it's a yeah, I don't know. Okay, go Scott. 
Um, I will always love you. Uh huh. That was on my list. Um, make you feel my love by Adele. Um, I had Heartless by The Fray. Um, Hurt by Johnny Cash. Yep, also on my list. Um, Ellie Goulding's version of your song. Um, Come Together by Aerosmith. Oh, the, the your song was a good one. Sorry to go back after you'd already did that. Oh, no, you're yeah. good. Uh, what about Holding Out for a Hero by the Fairy Godmother? Ooh, by Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> that one's great. That one like really. Right? I mean, it's fine. It's good. I was talking to Josh about this, and that was the first one he said. <laughs> <laughs> or second, it was one of the first second ones he said. It's good. Um, speaking of uh, acoustic rap covers, I love Obadiah Parker's cover of "Hey Ya," Outcast. Oh yeah, I listened to that one. Mm-hmm. There's a good version of "No Diggity" by Chet Faker. So, nice. real quick. Are we just listing out every cover that we've ever heard now? No, it's stuff yeah. that we love. I had just um, listed it, made a list of ones that I really was thinking about. Um, oh, you so you're okay, you're actually reading a list. I I stopped doing that. I almost had Regina Spector's cover of While My Guitar Gently Weeps from the uh Kubo and then the Six Strings. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think I've heard that version. It's Kubo and the Two Strings, I'm sorry. John, did you have any other big standouts? No, those are the big ones. And I'm kicking myself that I didn't add hurt to my a Johnny Cash to mine. It was on it was in my top five for a second. I I moved it out though. And in case anybody is wondering, so I had the Penny and Sparrow uh one, the pony one, and it was gonna be it it probably was my favorite, but I had fully intended on going with the number one Christmas until y'all had the bet and then I changed it. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Scott. That was fun. That was fun. Next time we're going to have to do uh, either just regular songs or something so that we have less of a controversy around what is a cover and what isn't. And I have to do less writing on Wikipedia. So like just top songs ever? Yeah. I don't that's even have, harder. Oh, that's hard. I hate having to justify myself on Wikipedia and making it like <laughs> to make it to where now, now if you read it, all of my songs are examples of covers. Um, <laughs> but that's a wrap for today's episode of Friends Who Like Stuff. Thanks for tuning in and listening to our thoughts on our favorite cover songs. And as always, let us know what your favorites are. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and threads. You can also email us at fwlspod at gmail.com. You can also watch us every Thursday evening on Twitch. Join us next time as we dive into a new list with another friend or two. And until then, keep exploring and enjoying the stuff you're passionate about. Thanks for being a friend who likes stuff. Bye. Scott, are you playing with your fart, buddy? No, I mean this is it, but I haven't put my hands in it. Do you hear? <laughs> no, I just no, no, I see it and I get scared. Oh no, it's covered. <laughs> <laughs>